Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from thousands of successful individuals from around the world. I'm your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm privileged to welcome a very, very tall and senior corporate professional from New Delhi, India, Mr. Kishore Jairaman, OBE. Kishore, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Good to be here. Thank you. Kishore is the president of India and South Asia for Rolls-Royce. He was earlier president and CEO of GE Energy in South Asia, and he has recently been awarded an honorary officer of the Order of the British Empire, OBE, by Her Majesty the Queen for services to international trade and investment with a key focus on promotion of India-UK trade. So, Kishore, before we talk about Rolls-Royce, tell me a little bit about your own amazing journey in brief. Well, I joined Rolls-Royce about uh, 2012, to be exact, March 26, 2012. So I've been in the company for about 11 years mm-hmm. now. And um, the fascinating thing about this is I was an industrial guy. And uh, so primarily I was in uh, steel mills and I was in material handling and I was in energy. And then I come into Rolls-Royce and I had the uh, wonderful privilege of working with the aviation sector. Uh, so we were into jet engines, we are in the civil aerospace yeah. jet engines, mm-hmm. uh, working with defense, two sectors I've never been part of, and working with the marine sector. So I think from a sectoral point of view, I've been able to go between industrials of like material handling, paper, uh, to steel mills, and then over to energy sector, and then over to marine, defense, and um, aerospace. So I think, uh, you mm-hmm. know, it's been uh, it's been a wonderful experience and a you know, very, very, uh, what should I say, uh, fruitful journey for me mm. so far from a sectoral point. Mm. And uh, the the foundation of my career has been in technology. So I have been, uh, you know, in companies that were really leading edge technology providers. And I continue to serve a company which is also a leading industrial technology provider. And... Um, You know, there's no shortage of learnings every day when you take up these new challenges, look Mm -hmm. at new industries, new sectors, there's no shortage of learning. But I've also been in different segments Mm -hmm. of, uh, I've been also in different segments of leadership. So it's been through project management, through engineering technology, through business management and currently where I am. Amazing. So, So it's been very good. What a great Very journey. Good. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. So my next few questions will be about Rolls-Royce. Uh, and let me start by asking you that Rolls-Royce has made significant commitments to reduce its carbon footprint. Could you yeah. share some of the key sustainability initiatives you are undertaking in India and South Asia? Yes. Um, look, I mean, for, for us, you know, we signed up to the UN 2050 Net Zero Charter mm-hmm. as Rolls-Royce. Mm-hmm. We are very cognizant of the fact that, uh, you know, aviation sector is one of the biggest contributors to greenhouse gases. So we need to be at the forefront in order to develop the technologies that are going to be helping with the reduction of carbon emissions Mm -hmm. and helping with positioning the world into a new new world, Mm -hmm. the current world into a new world where it's going to be Net zero, not net zero, mm. but eventually leading up to absolute zero. Mm. Because everybody talks about net zero. Net zero is just that how much ever we put into the environment is taken out of the environment. Yeah. But when you look at zero, then it's absolute zero, which means that we will not put out anything into the environment. Mm. So these are the two philosophies I think we need to look at when it comes to sustainability. Mm. And I think in that regard, globally, 
we have got uh, we have gotten into hybrid fuels now so we're looking at saf as the intermediate journey mm-hmm. we are looking at by 2030 having all our products which will be saf compatible 100% we are already 50% and we'll be by 2023 50% SAF compatible mm. for people who don't know SAF is sustainable alternate fuels mm. and um, and then we are looking at hydrogen as a fuel we are looking across our businesses and we are looking at how do we get to net zero emissions in all our plants uh, the factories and how we are going to look at the future of future of disruptive innovation which is our mm. electrical technologies mm. but all these are not going to happen without technology and without digital being part of it. Mm-hmm. and so when you look at technology and you look at digital there's no other place in the world except in india where i think there's a huge amount of capability and a huge amount of capacity mm-hmm. and we find that our digital initiative which we started in 2018 has yielded us tremendous advantages mm-hmm. now in terms of leveraging very young minds and for them it's also a passion because for them they are creating the world they got to live in over the next 50 years and they are working on technologies that are going to do that Mm-hmm. and so there's a, li- a lot of passion in the young minds there's a lot of innovative solutions that come out of the young minds and we leverage the experience of our people combine them with the technology i think uh, you know the results have been very very good so far fascinating and so, so you just spoke about saf how do you uh, plan to incorporate safs into your operations into india and south asia i mean there's a lot of talk of hydrogen and a lot of other fuels So I mean right now we are looking at it as global mm-hmm. you know our company is UK based headquartered mm-hmm. and so we look at all these technologies that are going to serve the globe right yeah. and for india as well right for india india is part of the part of the whole equation mm-hmm. but when we look at it globally we say that look saf has to be compatible on all our aircraft engine products mm-hmm. either it's a defense product or whether it's a, whether it's a civil aerospace product we start with civil aerospace because we have a lot of data Mm. we have the ability to implement it faster and the net savings in terms of carbon emissions will have the maximum impact mm. so that's why we are putting it starting over there and you know transmitting it over into our other businesses mm. now when we look at um, when we look at this thing first we said 2030 by the end of 2030 all our products and services mm-hmm. will be 100% safe okay. right mm. then we said that new products that are going to come out will be compatible fully our plants our facilities mm. everything will be compatible towards net zero emissions by 2030 mm. but in this whole equation now we have won this air india order which happened earlier part of this year the xwb engines mm. that are going to be in, in the air india aircraft the airbus trend uh, airbus 1000 350 and the 350 900 mm. these are the two aircraft models that are coming into india with tatas and air india and in those the engines when they come in will already be SAF compatible. Mm. So okay. India is already getting engines which are going to be sustainable into the future. Mm. There's going to be no refitting or this thing. So it's already coming in with them. So okay. that is the advantage we are giving to India through this uh, programs that have evolved over some time. But as we go forward, I think we will continue to do what is required for India as we sell products and services into India. Mm. There's a lot of opportunities with our defense. Mm. Right? We do a lot of work with the Air Force, yeah. Navy, and the Coast Guard. we'll be looking at opportunities there mm-hmm. and we are also working on army and uh, so our arjun tanks mark 1 is our engines we are looking at the next wave of uh, tanks technology engine technology we'll look at what we can do sustainably there mm-hmm. then beyond as well i mean when you look at it tomorrow when we have an electric aircraft definitely mm-hmm. technology digital comes from india but also how will those aircraft business jets 
how will business chairs come into India? What sort of sustainability products will we have in the business chairs? Mm-hmm. All those we keep looking at it, both from an India perspective, but not only India perspective, it's all global in nature. Mm-hmm. Because this is about the core technology. Mm-hmm. Thank you. What a great response. Thank you. Uh, the other aspect that I've often read about Rolls-Royce is the incredible amount of innovation that happens in your organization. How does Rolls-Royce foster a culture of innovation within its own uh, organization? Yeah, I think uh, when we when we look at innovation, it is about an incremental change that happens, whether mm-hmm. it be products, services, factories, etc. I think the first thing the company had to do was to, you know, look around in the world, mm. in the globe, what is happening and what is it that can kind of come and get get us in, in a non-competitive position. So mm. for us to be competitive, it is going to be extremely important that we are adopting the, we are not only adopting the latest technologies, mm-hmm. but we are adapting ourselves mm-hmm. to the future technologies. Okay. Right. And the sustainability is a classic example. So mm. when you think about adopting technologies today and adapting to future technologies, it becomes an automatic. Mm. Innovation becomes part of the culture. Innovation becomes part of the DNA. We don't have to talk to people. we got to innovate. We talk to people about how do we get better. Mm. And when we talk about getting better, automatically it becomes innovation. Well right? So I think that exists for us. And mm. that exists for us. And we are always looking at opportunities for us to be that little bit better. Mm. Well said. And uh, Kishore, are there any particular challenges unique to this region that drive the need for innovation in your industry? Well, India is fast changing. Mm. I mean, the India I knew when I was growing up to the India Absolutely. that I'm living in today is, uh, mm. is like, you know, universes apart. Absolutely. I wouldn't say planets apart, universes mm. apart, mm. right? Mm. And uh, I think uh, this comes from a mindset change. Mm. This is uh, today what we see in India is not about uh, is not about us saying oh i got to do this because somebody else in the world is doing it mm. i think a lot of things we do today are saying i got to do this because this is in our own interest mm. and you know many of the visionary statements that i come about from our prime minister and um, you know attempts towards implementing all this i think it is a very genuine effort by the masses mm. the entire ecosystem is bought into doing this for india which right. is a very very big change it is not a command from the top. Mm. It is kind of a collaboration with everybody. And I think that is what is a huge change in India. Mm. The other thing is the young minds are very, very ambitious. Mm. They know what's around them everywhere else in the world, what is the art of the possible. Mm. And so they are saying, if that is the art of the possible, how can I become the best at the art of the possible? Right. So not only are they not comparing and contrasting, they also have an ability to improve upon the same. And so I see India a very different kind of an environment no longer are we content you know more importantly we are challenging ourselves Mm. uh, at all levels Mm. but you know we have a huge population base as everyone knows the largest largest population in the world in a single country so it is going to change is always a little bit you know slower but once change happens Mm. also the momentum is also tremendous Mm. and when the momentum is very huge even though it is slow Stopping this momentum is going to take a long time. Absolutely. So that's why the future looks bright. Mm. Well said. My next question is on electric and hybrid propulsion systems. You know, you spoke very briefly about electric. Electric and hybrid propulsion systems are gaining prominence. How are you adapting to this trend? And what are your views on the future of electrification in uh, various uh, 
you know, automobile, aerospace and other systems. So, you know, we flew the first uh, aircraft, all electric aircraft. Absolutely. In the world. Mm. And it's called as a spirit of innovation. Mm. And it basically flew at a speed of about 347 miles per hour, if I'm correct. I get a little confused between 47 and 87 on that. But mm. I think it's about 350 miles an hour. And I think, you know, we didn't stop there, right? I mean, the first flight that took place, it was very successful. And then uh, now we are looking at uh, how do we do longer distances with it. Mm. The technologies that have to go into it are not the question. The technologies can be made available and developed. Mm. The challenge with these things is because this involves safety of people when we are transporting people. This involves reliability of the technology safely over a period of time. Mm. And the third thing is it's going to be the efficiencies, whether it be economic efficiency uh -huh. or it is going to be just the ability of the batteries to sustain the journeys longer. Mm. And so these are all things that are going to come about. These are all things. And I think there will be, a, right now, it, the battery technology is just moving forward. Mm. There will be a tipping point where all of a sudden you'll see that everywhere, everybody is talking about electric aircraft. Mm. So it will go through that phase. SAF will happen. Maybe a hybrid electric will happen. Mm. And then there'll be an electric out there, you know, mm. some kind of the future. Mm. I think this is, this is a very, very, uh, you know, very a journey that is uh, going to take some time, mm. but it is a journey that we are already on, and it is a journey that we will eventually see see through to the very end. Mm. But that's just the aerospace side, right? Mm. And now you look at the marine side; it lends itself easier. The automobile sector went electric because it's very easy. I mean, mm. your car stops on the side of the road; you have no problems. You just mm. get down and call an Uber or something yeah, else. Absolutely. But uh, when, uh, when an aircraft uh, runs out of battery charge, we got a problem, right? Absolutely. So I think, uh, but marine technologies are similar. Marine technologies are similar. We can put hybrid easily because and then go to all electric easier because then it's a question of batteries. Mm -hmm. Then the marine technologies, if we go into cargo world, you're looking at huge amounts of power requirements. Mm -hmm. And those become the challenge. In the marine. Interesting. The challenges are always there for us to excel, mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean you will not get there. Well said, well said. So one more question relating to Rolls-Royce, and then I want to a few questions on India-UK trade. An organization like Rolls-Royce, which has you know, led uh, the world in so many different areas, I'd love to get your perspective on how do you foster a diverse and inclusive workforce? And why is diversity important uh, in your industry? Well, I think, uh, look, at the end of the day, we are human beings. I'd like to see us as human beings instead of us being, uh, you know, gender, caste, creed, mm. et cetera, et cetera, classifying ourselves. Mm. Now, when you look at us as human beings and you start operating like human beings, diversity will not even be an English word anymore, mm. right? Because we are all one. Yeah. But unfortunately, we don't live in that world. We are in a world where today it is also very, very, uh, we have to, it is very important to make sure that everyone is included. And inclusion, even amongst the male members of the community, there has to be inclusion between the strong and the weak. There has to be inclusion between the capable and the less capable. Mm. So I think there's going to be a lot of these kinds of inclusion activities that have to be fostered by leadership. Mm. The leader of the future is not going to be the one that's going to do the command and control. Mm. The leader of the future is going to be the one that can coach and collaborate. Right. Right. And I believe in that realm of things, in diversity, Gender diversity takes the first preference. Now we have diversity in terms of preferences of 
people, lifestyles. Yeah. And I think we will have to be, you know, at the end of the day, it is not the state of the mind today. Today, it is still seen as you versus me, mm. them versus us. I think if we can get to that state where it is us as a professional, mm. us as a contributor to society, mm. we'll all be fine. Mm. But it's a journey we have started. This is not a journey that's going to end, I don't believe, in my own lifetime. But I do believe very strongly that this is a journey that will forever continue and evolve, mm. only to take us to that better place. Fascinating. So, Kishore, two or three questions now on India-UK trade. You know, your recognition <laughs> was uh, on account of the work that you have done uh, on the promotion of India-UK trade. And there's been a lot of discussion going on on the FTA to be signed and all over the country and all over the world it's been talked about. Um, my first question to you is, what are some of the barriers or challenges that businesses face while doing business between India and the UK? And what can be done to mitigate this? I wouldn't call it barriers. Okay. I don't think there are barriers anymore. Right? We'll drop barriers. Challenges. I think India is at the point. I mean, there used to be a time when we used to have a, you know, at the end of the day, government is, government has to be a part of business. Absolutely. And it's a question of what is the involvement of the government which with which business? Mm. What is the involvement of the government in order to build commerce between two nations? What is the involvement of the government in order to pave the way to the future business interests? Mm -hmm. And FTA is nothing but paving the way for future business interests. Mm. And now when you look at today, right, for us as Rolls-Royce in India, our biggest initiative that we want to be able to complete is to build an aircraft engine technology with India, with IP in India, to give the ability for India to achieve its true Atmanirbhar status. Mm. And for that, we cannot do that without the support of the UK MOD. Right. Neither can we do it without the support of the Indian MOD. And so we've been working for years in this project or program that everybody understands the importance of this in order to build that strategic bridge mm. into the future between UK and India. Mm. So we get tremendous support from the UK government in this regard. And so does the Indian government support us in right. saying this seems to be the right project mm. for Atmanir. So it's a classic example of what I've been able to live through over the last five, six years. Mm -hmm. And we are very hopeful that we'll see the end of the tunnel here and we'll be able to start work on something very, very interesting mm. and futuristic here within here. Right? That said, that is one piece of things which is defense, which is always it's a very critical thing in the world we live in today. Mm -hmm. But that said, there are many other sectors. Right? I mean, there's business services, there's transportation, there's infrastructure, there's food and beverage. So any, you look at it, there are opportunities on both sides. Mm. Mm. Right? And mm. so I, I believe that the UK trade between India and uh, UK, uh, so the trade between India and UK mm. has always been moving forward. I don't see anything that has made it move backwards at Absolutely. all. Mm. And so has the trade between India and the US, so has the trade between yeah. So trade and the reason for that mm. is not the other countries. The reason for that is India. Mm. Because India is becoming more and more open. Mm. India is becoming more and more an environment, business-friendly environment. Mm. India is becoming more and more of thinking about the future by the government. India is becoming better and better with academia. Mm. So the industry, academia, government participation becomes a lot easier. Mm. 
And all these things that are converging us towards having better trade relationships mm. globally, but then the little bit of little bit of thing that takes UK over mm. is our rich history with you. Absolutely. Right? For whatever is said, good and bad, many people will debate this, debate mm. that, but at the end of the day, there is a genuine Seriously. family sort of a relationship with the UK. Absolutely. I and I think that family sort of a relationship is what will help our trade continue to flourish. Mm. Well said. So my last question to you, uh, Kishore, and I wanted to get your perspective on the startup. Uh, a lot of talked about startups in India, of course, are very, very large. A lot of talked about startups in, in India and the US. I don't read too much about startups with collaborating or innovating with UK. I'd love to get your perspective on how are startups and innovative companies from UK and India contributing to the trade dynamics? I think uh, I agree with you. Yes, that environment can be much faster. And um, I think the question with startups is always a, a need versus what, you know, what will form the right mix right. Hmm. for it to take off, hmm. right? If you notice even the startups, I believe, you know, in India today, we are looking at drones. Uh, we are looking at a lot of defense startups in multiple hmm. areas. We are looking at electrification, electric startups, energy startups. So, you know, you have a situation where the startups entrepreneurship in UK versus India, there might be a little bit of a gap as to where what is needed and how it will progress further. Mm. So it's going to be only with countries at a certain point in time with the certain needs that kind of match, the wavelengths have to match. Mm. And so as we look at it, we are constantly looking at opportunities to say, look, you have energy, <coughs> electric, mm. digital, right? All these things who have startups. And But another thing that also comes into play it's not like the world is before, like before we say, oh, there's UK or there's US or there's Russia. Yeah. The world is now actually one big melting pot Correct. in terms of entrepreneurships and startups. Yeah. So the, the availability of all these startups around the world is plenty. Hmm. Right? I mean, if we, we can go to Kazakhstan and we'll find opportunities to we'll partner on a startup between Kazakhstan and hmm. India. Hmm. Right? Yeah. And I think that is what is going on. And I think as we go forward, there will be more focus put on it to say, oh, these areas, I think this collaboration will help us better. Hmm. And I think that little bit of a conduits that need to be prepared for startup environments to collaborate will depend on the small sectors that are going to become visible hmm. for the startup environments to thrive. Hmm. And we constantly keep looking at it, yeah. but uh, it is not to say there is none, hmm. but it is not to say that, oh my God, this is the only country we're doing with. Absolutely. But can it be better? I think... Absolutely, yes. Absolutely, yes. Well said. And on that note, Kishore, I just want to say thank you so much for speaking to me. Thank you for taking time out from your busy schedule for this 25 minutes that you spent with the brand called You. Thank you for talking to me about so many different aspects of Rolls-Royce, what you're doing in the area of sustainability, in the area of innovation, in the area of uh, electric and hybrid propulsion systems. Thank you also for speaking to me. I could have carried on much longer on India-UK trade, but I think I respect your time. Uh, thank you very much again, and good luck to you. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience, and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. 
do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called Youth.